Week 15, crossover Thursday, Cardinals 49ers. That means Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. And Eric Crocker and somebody that Eric Crocker has to carry every show. Locked on 49ers. You are locked on 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Crossover Thursday, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals, Eric Crocker, and of course, Brian Peacock locked on 49ers here. Uh, breaking down a game with two teams with very different trajectories, but will be fun nonetheless with an interdivisional NFC matchup at our hands. Thank you for making Locked on Crossover Thursday your first listen, free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. This Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use Code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. The one seed, San Francisco 49ers, the 33rd best team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals, match up week 15, State Farm Stadium. And that's not fair. The Cardinals are at least, you know, the 29th worst team. The Cardinals will be favored by two touchdowns over the Carolina Panthers right now. I think you're, I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, if the Cardinals lost, it'd be better for them. That's kind of that's kind of where we're at right now. But this is going to be a, a fun matchup because Kyler Murray's back. This is going to be a fun matchup because Debo Samuel has reached that level. Christian McCaffrey is the metronome of the offense. And Brock Purdy, I would assume, in Northern California is the no-doubt-about-it MVP. We're going to break it all down, big storylines, game storylines, key matchups, pass to victory, et cetera. But, boys, I, I want to ask you this first. It's like T.O. with popcorn all over his helmet watching the 49ers play every week. After their three-game slide, they've held every opponent since then under 20 points, I believe. On their winning streak, Brock Purdy is showing that it may be the system and it may be him and it may be a perfect mix of the two with his talent level and obviously meteoric rise uh, to potential MVP candidate here. What's the biggest thing over the last month that's pivoted away from the three losing from the three game losing streak to now being the one seed in the NFC. Croc, do you, do you know what the difference is? Uh, I a yeah. lot of people will point to Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, okay. and while that helps, having star players on the field is absolutely helpful. I don't think that's it. I, I just think it's a maybe a, a mentality thing. I think maybe a slap in the face that the 49ers needed and. Uh, you know, a little bit of weather in, in Cleveland. If you're trying to uh, explain some things away, Brock Purdy threw both of his interceptions immediately after he got concussed. One of them, the very next play after he was concussed against the, the, the Minnesota Vikings. He led them down for a game-winning field goal in one of those games. Cleveland. And, and yeah, in Cleveland. And Joe Burrow and the, and, the, and the Bengals was probably the best game that's been played against the 49ers this season. Um, so... You could point to a few things. I will just point to a long season where there's going to be ups and downs and things got a little weird for a couple of weeks, a couple of key players out. I think the 49ers are still the best or one of the best teams in the NFL if they had to go through the playoffs without, say, Trent Williams or without, say, Debo Samuel or without, say, Christian McCaffrey. But the reason the 49ers are a better football team this year versus other years, to me, is clearly, undeniably, quarterback play. 
Also, I think during that stretch, you can kind of really point to the defense, and they did not play well against the Vikings. They did not play well against Cincinnati Bengals, and you combine that with the offense probably having a few of their worst games, only scoring 17 points in each of those games. Uh, I think they found a way out of that. They had a bye week at the end of that. that After that third loss, they had a bye week. And they got back on track. They got healthier. They got back on track. They started <laughs> to move Wilkes to the field, which I will say that's the thing that I don't want to put too much credence in, but the defense was so much better when Steve Wilkes came from the booth to down on to the but field. But they were good before he went to the booth. Like they, they were, were for five weeks, right? Yeah. First five weeks, they, they were they were good. You can point to like a moment that might frustrate you, but for the most part, they were top three defense. Uh, during that five-game winning streak to start the season. They were number one scoring defense during that five-game winning streak to start the season. And all of a sudden, it just got a little weird. And they moved into the field. It has worked uh, since then. But I think all along, it's just a really good team that uh, maybe needed a little bit of a rest time to kind of regroup. And they've done just that. Former Arizona Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes took over for D'Amico Ryans, now Houston Texans head coach. D'Amico Ryans was the apple of my eye going into the offseason last season. He, You know very well, he looked like a head coach on the sidelines for the last couple of years. It's like, oh, man, I cannot believe he's still here. And then, you know, lo and behold, what he's doing in Houston after taking over for Robert Sala when he left and went to the Jets. Now, with the Cardinals on the other side, normally you'd be looking at a team in the NFC West, like the Rams, where you're going to turn into a pumpkin at some point, leveraging the contracts that you have for your stars, like the Rams seemingly have done, even though they're holding on with an outside chance at a playoff spot this year. The 49ers have that cheat code where they're paying Brock Purdy what I make it locked on. So it's very diff- It's very easy to elongate that window, at least for the next couple seasons, to be able to pay everybody and then figure it out later. This isn't a New Orleans Saints situation where you're kicking it down the road. You're living existentially with the fact that your quarterback makes no money compared to other quarterbacks. Is this something that they're just going to say, you know what, grip and rip for the next three years, try and bring everybody in. You're probably going to pay Chase Young after this season, I would assume, unless you're going to franchise tag him. Everybody has gotten paid that they wanted to get paid. Brandon Ayuk hasn't yet, right? But besides that, everybody's gotten paid, and they're happy. They're fat and happy, and they're winning. Do you see this as just kind of like a, we'll see what happens, because this has legitimately never happened before? Or is there a contingency plan to elongate this longer than maybe just the next couple seasons? It feels like every move that they've made is a little more calculated than that. And it feels like there's always a plan in place. Uh, we did see them trade midseason for Emmanuel Sanders, and they threw like a third-round pick at him at that point, and they didn't you know, retain him after that. But uh, seeing a guy like Chase Young and uh, the long-term benefits of him playing opposite Nick Bosa, especially if it just really works out, I could see them like le- having a legitimate plan to keep him around. Yeah, yeah, and I think it might end up having to be where they have to choose one of Ayuk or Chase Young, uh, but th- they clearly the defensive line is where they want to put their their money, and then it becomes a okay, well Debo or Brandon Ayuk thing, but they can keep them together for another year. They could sign Ayuk and then still play through most of Debo's contract, and then maybe trade Debo in the final year of his contract or cut him at that point. So to me, it's it's a really large two year window talking about 2023 and 2024 then after next offseason that's that's the point where you have to start talking about paying your quarterback but it's crazy how little Brock like there's no better contract in the NFL maybe NFL history to be honest with you right now than what Brock Purdy is doing but the level that he's playing at uh we can talk a little Brock Purdy stats if you want a little yeah. bit later but the level that Brock Purdy's playing with what he's getting paid at his position is insane uh, if it wasn't for a couple of seventh round picks that have also made the 49ers roster recently 
Brock Purdy wouldn't even count as one of the top 51 because only 51 of the 53 players count against the salary cap. Brock Purdy wouldn't even count against the salary cap. That's how little he's making. He's making $900,000. It's insane the production they're getting for what Brock Purdy is doing. So, um, yeah, it's phenomenal. And it allows them to do, to to bring in, you know, you can sign two defensive linemen for what you pay for one quarterback, two difference making yeah. defensive linemen. So, um, I don't know if they'll bring back Chase Young. They'll probably be able to get the, the comp third back for him if they let him walk uh, eventually in free, free agency, just to get it a year later. Um, I, I, I think there's a chance that Nick Bosa's big brother could come on a, on a sweetheart of a deal because I don't think he's going to get that roster bonus he's due in March with the with the Las Vegas, uh, with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So there's some options for the 49ers, and clearly they want to be good up front, so they're going to put the resources there. But um, they do they will th- there's there's too much talent making too much money. They have to start making some tough decisions. But there was good news for the 49ers this week uh, about the the salary cap being maybe a little bit higher than than everyone expected. So maybe they can yeah. fit them all in. Why not? Oh, sure. Eagles, 49ers, Gino over at Locked On, Locked On Eagles. Any new free agent, come to Papa. Yep. Everybody. Yep. Everybody. Y'all can't have everybody. Okay? So it, as we pivot here and talk about the Cardinals quickly, um, I've always said that the Cardinals should mask, map their growth over the next handful of seasons around the Detroit Lions. Because it's a franchise that's never won. Dan Campbell, unproven, bite your kneecaps off. Nobody trusted it. And then look at what's happened. They've become one of the more fun teams to watch. One of the more structurally stable teams in the NFL, especially with so many teams just falling by the wayside. Now, for, you know, culture, that. But for how you build from a 3-13 and team, or uh, sorry, 4-12 and team, after 2018, drafted second, drafted Nick Bosa behind Kyler Murray in 2019, what they've done with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch is something that the Cardinals should be mapping what they're doing around because structurally, contract-wise, it's been as close to flawless as you could find. The fact that they were able to trade for Christian McCaffrey without giving up a first-round pick, with all of the huge mistakes they made, trading DeForest Buckner for for a first-round pick to turn into Javon Kinlaw, you know, the Trey Lance debacle, there is no reason why the 49ers should be Jimmy Garoppolo being hurt every third game. There is no reason why the 49ers should have been able to withstand that, but there was always a contingency plan. There was always room to maneuver. And that's at least early what we've seen from Monty Osborne and Jonathan Gannon. Let's pivot and talk more about these quarterbacks next. This game we'll talk about in the third segment. It's more about big picture now for both of these teams. As we pivot on here, crossover Thursday, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals, Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker locked on 49ers. As we roll on here, this episode, Crossover Thursday is brought to you by BetterHelp. So here's the thing. I just recently got back into therapy. I think it's really important. Um, I'm an anxious guy at times. I beat my elf, beat myself up at times. And I think it's, you know, it, it's important to get some balance. And, you know, whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to divine, define how you, you know, give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. Okay, so whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Crossover Thursday, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker. 
Locked on 49ers. Some of my closest friends doing this. We roused each other. You heard it in my open. Um, Crocker, when did you join? You joined in 2019 or 2018? Uh, 1920? Was it Nick Bosey year or was it after that? I can't remember because I know Peacock and I are. are it was Trey Lancer's drafted. So 21. Oh, Trey yeah, Lancer's 21. 21 is when Croc came on. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Yeah. And they're some of the best on the show. One of the top rated podcasts um, because of Crocker. Let's be honest. You know, <laughs> and, and when you look at this matchup, this is a tale. And let, let me ask you this about Kyler Murray because uh, uh, the three of us have gone back and forth about Kyler Murray a lot. Okay. He's not perfect. He's shown flashes of greatness a couple years ago. Um, most in my, this is my mindset on Kyler Murray as we kind of roll into Cardinals having a top five pick potentially a top 15 pick with the Houston, Texas pick, depending on what they do for the last four games. I feel that if the Cardinals, quote-unquote, were to move on from Kyler Murray, his DMs would be filled with 15, 18 other teams. Like, explain to me, explain to my listeners and viewers what you think of Kyler Murray from your side. His his peak, is he a franchise quarterback? If it were different, would you, would you take Kyler Murray – as your QB one of the Brock Purdy experience didn't work. Just give me give me a little insight into what you think about Kyler Murray this at this point in his career. I think Kyler Murray is one of the more talented quarterbacks in the NFL, but the biggest issue will always be the mindset, like the mental aspect of it. And when you talk about Brock Purdy, everyone in that locker room, everyone in that front office, everyone in that fan base, like they trust him. They trust not just what he's able to do on the field, which clearly he's not as talented as a Kyler Murray, but the execution part, his work that he puts in to being the best version of himself that he can be. I trust that a lot more than anything that we've seen from Kyler Murray. Extremely talented. Deserved to be drafted number one overall. But when the team, and I know they kind of took it back, but when they put in your contract, that hey, you got to watch film for four hours a, a week. To me, that really speaks volumes on maybe the leadership or lack thereof that they think that they think they have in him. So, you know, could I trust my my organization? You know, and as a coach, could I trust my job in the hands of a guy who it almost comes off as if he wants to play video games more than he wants to watch film and become the best actual football player he can be? And maybe my take on this is outdated. Maybe there's uh, updated information where those things have changed. But it sounds like the leadership part which is supposed to come a little bit more natural for quarterbacks is the hardest thing for him to grasp. Yeah. And I, I would say it's, it's consistency versus just the, the raw talent. Right. And, and so if you, if you look at the, the annals of NFL history and you look at all the, the draft busts and, you know, talented players who didn't turn out to be as good as you hoped they were going to be for your given franchise, it's always injury or they didn't put the work in. Right. And so with Kyler Murray, you've kind of you're kind of worried about both of those things, although neither has been bad enough to where he's in, in the bust category. They've already re-upped him and, and obviously he's played well in the NFL. But um, just the consistency of Brock Purdy from day one, being able to trust what you're getting from him, it's been pretty phenomenal. And just in knowing that he's going to he's going to do everything that he needs to do to get the ball into receivers hands. And that goes from, you know, Saturday to Tuesday to Wednesday to game day on Sunday to pre-snap to post-snap. It's all of it. And yeah, it's, it's really hard not to be bought in on someone like Brock Purdy right now. And I'm really curious to see how that goes with, with Kyler Murray. And I want to talk about something really quick that has to do with that, that Kyle Shanahan said today to reporters talking about the Arizona Cardinals. He said, quote, 
They remind me a lot of our first year in 2017 when we started 0-9 and finished 6-10. and And one of the big reasons they did that is because they all of a sudden got competent quarterback play. And then when you see, when you go from Josh Dobbs to Kyler Murray, you see, okay, this is a different level of quarterback we're dealing with now. And if you have that quarterback in place and you have your coach in place now, then the sky's the limit with what you can do with your franchise. So to me, it's just, it's such a great opportunity to evaluate that going forward, knowing that it's probably going to be a pretty high pick that you can do kind of whatever you want if you are the Cardinals. And I totally agree with you that teams are going to be knocking down your door trying to trade for them because there's a lot of teams that wish they had that problem of, do we keep Kyler Murray or do we hopefully get an even better quarterback potentially if we think that player is available? So the, the Cardinals are a fascinating team right now. And you should probably hope you're the 2017 version of the of the San Francisco 49ers, right? Because that means there's uh, some pretty good times ahead. But it's also a way of Kyle Shanahan saying that the Cardinals currently are trash. Yeah, well, because Kyle Shanahan is an egomaniac who wears flat brims and Yeezys. We know we know what he is. Okay. He's also he's also one of the um, one of the better minds in football now, especially with just a position we never thought would be truly devoid of talent in a lot of respects and just name recognition only is the head coach position. You know, I think that we're seeing a disparity in coaching. And I think a lot of that has to do with players, you know, playing in seven different schools in college and, you know, not really developing in college where, you know, the head coaches have more, you know, more on their plate with players who aren't necessarily ready to play football. But let, let me tell you this, like, I'll give credit where credit is due to Brock Purdy. I said early on the season, I didn't think it was it. I said last year, you know, and I, I it wasn't lazy. It's just what I thought. Now, you were all of us. Well, you were most of us. Like, you you were – I I was maybe a little bit more bothered than you, but it was like a wait-and-see thing. Like, oh, can we do it again? Because yeah. you don't see a guy be Mr. Irrelevant ever and do what he did even to finish that year. So it was like, is it fool's gold? Can he do it again? I was skeptical a little bit, and now I have zero questions or doubts. Now, with the, that, Croc, yeah. it's – he walked and the – the other side of that is he didn't walk to walk into dysfunction. Okay. He didn't walk into a perennially losing organization, which is fine. And in most, if you look in the history of football, most teams are perennially losing. Like there are very few teams that have won multiple Super Bowls, let alone one. Okay. So with the 49ers, you have Kyle Shanahan at work. You're going to run the ball. You've got George Kittle. You got the best left tackle in football. You've got one of the best lines in football. And he's going to come in. He's going to run the system and he's elevated it. If, if he went to Carolina, we may not be talking about Brock Purdy like we are now. If he went into, you know, any other real organization that was kind of in flux with coaching, which is normally what a rookie quarterback goes into, unless a veteran uh, a veteran quarterback gets hurt and he's thrust into action, like Kyler Murray went in to four years of Urban Meyer pretty much. And you give Trevor Lawrence a pass for one year, Doug Peterson. Now Kyler Murray finally has stability from the coaching staff and an offense that's a big boy offense. And that's why I'm a wait and see guy with him, even though I'm erring on the side of you'd much rather have the devil, you know, than draft Drake may and hope it works. I, I just don't like, and one of the biggest things here that I've preached to people is if it doesn't work in 2024, move off of them. Like, it's not like you have to marry him for 15 years. If you pass on this draft, if the Cardinals draft second and they don't take a quarterback. You can get three first-round picks for that pick, depending on how far back you move. So it's like this is something, and if Kyler Murray's the guy, that's the best-case scenario. You'd much rather have a QB1 than a, than a high draft pick. And, and that's that's kind of where I'm at. And l- let me just ask you really quickly one more time, you know, about, about this kind of stuff. You know, explain 
two people. Either one of you can take this, and we'll, and we'll pivot before Russ Jackson gets mad at us. <laughs> Tell me how important an offensive and defensive line that are set and forget is for an organization. Tell me what that's like. And I, th- this is not a BS question. I want This is the easiest question I'm ever going to ask you. Explain what it's like, because I don't know. I'll put it this way. If I was a GM and I was writing my blueprint, I was writing my how to GM book, this is what I want to do with this franchise, I would obviously head coach quarterback, so important, right? Offensive play and caller. Those things are in different stratospheres. Every other resource I would put into building the best possible defensive line, the best possible offensive line, and hiring the best possible offensive line coach and defensive line coach, especially offensive line coach. You look at teams that are good for a long time. You go look at the Steelers, the Patriots, now the 49ers. Uh, They have really good coaching and really good offensive line coaches that can coach up the guys that aren't six foot six, 340 pounds with antennas for arms and and move like a dancing bear because you're not going to have a lot of those guys. You might have one or two of them on your offensive line, but you have to coach up some guys and find tough, smart dudes that might not be above the line physically and athletically that can get it done every, every single week inside and out. I think that's one of the things that Kyle Shanahan's one of his superpowers. Cause everyone talks about his game planning, his play calling and all of that. He's really good at, at identifying and developing other coaches. And I think the 49ers are a really well-coached team and the, maybe the fifth most important thing you can have as a franchise is an offensive line coach. And so I think the 49ers are winning there. And I think you see that throughout history with really good teams that are really good for a long time. They got really good offensive line coaches. And Croc, before we pivot here, because we're late as it is, I just want to know, Eric Crocker is one of my go-tos for draft questions moving in, moving into the draft. And I know this isn't about this game, but for my listeners, I'm being selfish here. How many wide receivers are predicted to go in the first round? In the top 15 in the 2024 draft, not named Marvin Harrison. How many really could go with how deep this draft is? I think there's two or three more that can go in the in the top 15. Offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver. For those that think Marvin Harrison should go number three overall. Alex Clancy, locked on Cardinals. Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker, locked on 49ers. Let's talk about this game. How can the Cardinals win? How will the 49ers most likely win? It's any given Sunday, baby. It's not just a Jamie Foxx movie. Alex Clancy and the boys will be right back. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by FanDuel. So it's cold in lots lots of the country, not here, not where Brian lives. What's the weather like uh, where you are, Croc? Yeah, nice, sunny, what, 60, about 60, oh. 65. Got, got some nice weather. It's a beautiful thing. That's hot for this time, just like the NFL offers at FanDuel right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. My co-host of Locked On NFL Thursday, Tyler Rowland, had this right. We talked about Dak Prescott and his MVP chances. If they go through the gauntlet the next handful of weeks, a couple weeks ago he was at plus 600, and now he is the odds-on favorite at plus 150 to win the MVP. If you like Things like that, you want to wager a little cheese on that. Fandle's where you got to go. So visit fandle.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fandle, official partner of the NFL. 10 and 3, 49ers. 3 and 10, a modest 3 and 10. Arizona Cardinals matchup, State Farm Stadium, Sunday afternoon. The first thing for me, Pat the Victor, there's a couple. 
Okay, you got to turn the ball over for the Cardinals. And this is the biggest one because I still remember, seeped into my cerebellum. While with the Carolina Panthers, Christian McCaffrey ripping off an 80-yard first and 10 run right up the gut for a touchdown, and all you saw was his back from the press from the press box where I was sitting. Making sure Christian McCaffrey doesn't have 150 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns is one of the biggest ways the Cardinals can actually stay in contention on Sunday, and it's tough because Debo Samuel's been the one running amok the last couple of weeks. What, three touchdowns in two or four touchdowns in two weeks, something like that. But those are, for me, you've got to pick your poison and trying to get into Brock Purdy's kitchen, forcing turnovers, and stopping Christian McCaffrey, the two biggest keys to victory for me, for the Cardinals. What about you boys for the Cardinals? Well, one second, I think you might have slighted Debo. Did he have five? Because he had three against Philly and then two against two, he two against two, Seattle. Yeah, he two against yeah. Seattle. He's going crazy. Debo's going absolutely insane right now. And uh, you better be ready to tackle. You better be ready to tackle if you were the Arizona Cardinals. And Kyle Shanahan, maybe the thing he does best is put linebackers in a blender. So my question to you would be, and if I was making a line for this game, I would ask you first, Alex, how's the linebacker play right now with the uh, Arizona Cardinals? Not great, Bob. Um, You know, with Kazir White being out, um, Kazir White is a, a football player's football player. You know, coming over from Philly, he was... Really great playing off ball, uh, being the heartbeat in the middle of the defense. He's on IR for the rest of the year. You're going to get Josh Woods. You're going to get Dennis Gardeck. You're going to get uh, Zayvon Collins, who's, who's been a ghost this so far this year. I mean, you've got some practice squad guys that are playing, playing, trying to make roster. So it could be difficult for the Cardinals to shore up the middle, especially with, and we haven't even mentioned yet, George Kittle. So Brock Purdy has seen a lot of single high coverage because teams – like you said, no, they have to come in. No, they have to to stop the run versus a Kyle Shanahan offense. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of eight in the box. And the 49ers have still done a really good job running the ball with, with Christian McCaffrey, obviously, especially behind Trent Williams and to the left. So, um, But that's the first thing you got to try to do. But then what happens is now you have more space for Debo to catch and run. You have more space for Brandon Ayuk to run those dig routes. And you have more space for... George Kittle down the seam. And so it just gets really tough to stop the 49ers when they're so good at doing everything. And when they get a lead early, that just leaves the playbook wide open to do everything. So if you want to beat the 49ers, and we've seen it every time they've had a tough game, is the opposing team is able to either get a lead or keep things close early. And if you can get a lead, then you can try to start to make them one-dimensional and and hopefully uh, take advantage of you know fewer plays on Kyle Shanahan's play sheet that he can call at any given time. But if the 49ers can do anything and they have a lead and they can run and throw, uh, it's just going to be a long day for you in most cases. Yeah, I mean, it's you can't get anything out of that. Oh, no, nah, no, nah, he, he's right. I mean, and we've talked about kind of just my biggest, I don't even want to say issue with the team, but just seeing them be able to kind of grind out that game that is less than ideal. We know they can blow teams out. And 49ers, if I'm not mistaken, are favored by, what, 13 and a half points in this game. And they could very well win by 21, and nobody would be surprised. But let's say, you know, Kyler Murray just puts on his Superman cape, and all of a sudden he's just making plays. And we've seen this happen, where 49ers go into a game favored against Cardinals, and Kyler Murray just starts kind of doing some things that makes the 49ers a little uncomfortable, right? If they do like Colt McCoy. <laughs> we saw that with Colt McCoy. And, and, uh, and they're running back from Connor, James Connor, who – he just had a game where he went berserk, right? James Conner, just last week, he played very well. So if Conner has kind of that type of performance, a repeat from last week, if uh, Kyler Murray plays 
like he has a lot of times against the 49ers, and all of a sudden this game is a little bit closer than a lot of people are expecting, or Arizona has a lead late. Again, I'm not anticipating this happening, but it can happen. The 49ers have played a little tight in that type of situation. And do they say, all right, we've been there before a couple of times. It did not go our way at the end of this game. Let's stop pressing. Let's relax and then go out there and just play our ball and finish strong. Then, all right, you know, the 49ers, there's no way Arizona wins. But what we've seen more times than not so far this year, 49ers get extremely tight in those situations. So I think they just kind of want to stay out of that. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I mean, with the Cardinals, there are a couple, you know, barometers for success for me going into this season. And it was how they show up every Sunday, how they show up every game day. The Cardinals have been listless over the last handful of years with Cliff Kingsbury, regardless of how big the game was, regardless of if they started 7-0 and 10-2. and um, They didn't really let them just show up prepared. If the, if the players played well, they won. If they didn't, they didn't. There wasn't a whole lot of coaching. This year, Cardinals have been, you know, the kids and little giants with the, with the you know, and acids in their mouth. You know, like they, they've been ready to play every Sunday. And if you're too young to understand that reference, shame on you. Go watch <laughs> Little Giants. How dare you? Rick Moranis. Um, you know, but, like, that's what they've shown up like every game day, which is just so sexy to see. It's incredible to see a team that shows up to play every week, and that's what they've done with Josh Dobbs. The only game they got blown out this year in the first half was against the 49ers. I think they were down 14 at halftime. But they've been in pretty much every game, and the second half, the wheels fell off. So if they can do that again, that's a huge barometer for me. It's a culture shift. It's a big thing. And we'll see if Kyler Murray can pull a rabbit out of a hat. And, you know, the biggest friend for the Cardinals is going to be time of possession, milking the clock, running the ball. If James Conner can't get the ball rolling on the ground, the card, it's going to be a long day. But what I do know is, and I haven't been able to say this for – 16 times four, still has 65 games before this season started was, I know they're going to show up prepared. And I know they're going to show up ready. I know they're going to show up ready to, to, to ball out. And we'll see if they can get a dub at home, even though, let's be honest, we're at this time of year. It'll be the worst-case scenario if they win this game. It will be. You want Kyler Murray to ball out and for them to lose, I'm sorry, I'm pulling the rabbit off. I mean, we're week 15. Let's be honest. Carlos yeah. need a high draft pick. No, I mean, yeah, any yeah. Parting words? Um, like, is there anything that, that, that we missed? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I talked about how Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey were – the FedEx ground and FedEx air players of the week. So uh, I don't really care. Guys who are playing. With. <laughs> what does FedEx have to do with this? FedEx has a the podcast. I don't care. Peacock is the DHL guy. Hey, hey, you know what? Our fans, they're going to love that you guys are down and out because they didn't like the way y'all talked to us when the 49ers were a little up and down at times. You know what? I got a message for your locked on NFL co host. Tyler Rowland, who's uh, who's a big Brock Purdy hater, and I need you to to just talk to him for us, and I, and I want you to drop some things on him because there's a lot of disrespect of Brock Purdy that's been happening recently, especially uh, uh, in you know talking about the the MVP and some other things like this. So the best seasons ever by adjusted net yards per attempt, Brock Purdy is now third on that list right now, behind 2004 Peyton Manning, 2011 Aaron Rodgers, both MVPs those years who else might be on this list in the top 10 well matt ryan in 2016 who was mvp how about dan marino in 1984 who was mvp how about patrick Mahomes in 2018 who was mvp how about aaron Rodgers in 2020 who was mvp how about tom brady in 2007 we threw 50 touchdowns half of them to one guy in randy moss talking about getting some help who was mvp and how about 
Uh, one more who was MVP, who was number 10 on the list, who was Peyton Manning in 2013. So that's the kind of company right now. And Brock Purdy's second or third now in the NFL in total passing yards, even though he's attempted fewer passes than any of those quarterbacks and MVP candidates we're talking about this year. And if you want to say he's dink and dunk, how about this one? Brock Purdy is number one in EPA per dropback and number one in yards per attempt on throws to not only behind the line of scrimmage, but one plus yards down the field. Number one in both of those in five yards down the field. Number one in 10 plus yards down the field. Number one in 15 plus yards down the field. Number one in EPA per dropback and yards per attempt on throws 20 plus yards down the field. Number two in EPA per dropback, 25 plus yards down the field, but still number one in yards per attempt. And number two in 30 plus yard air yard throws down the field, EPA per dropback, and number one in 30 plus yard air yard attempted throws down the field. So we're not talking about a dink and dunk quarterback. He is making big plays. Brock Purdy is your MVP. I, I thought it was going to stop after you like listed like a, the first couple of things and it just kept going and kept going. And number one and number one and number one. Sounds like the number one quarterback in the NFL right now, if you ask me. Well, no, you know, Brian, I don't know if you know this, but Brian Peacock was my inspiration for being able to fall asleep with my eyes open. So whenever he started talking about this, I could just doze off. There's one thing that Brock Purdy doesn't have, a damn star on the side of his helmet. Because Ty goes to the Cowboys when it comes to who wins the MVP if it's him and Dak. Luckily, we're already three minutes over. So I can cut all of that out to get us on Locked On Sports today. It's Your staying on ours, man. seven spot for live coverage of all of our band podcasts it's got to be 30 minutes got to cut all that out that sucks alex clancy brian peacock eric crocker crossover thursday gentlemen fun as always we'll see you on sunday and we will talk to you our on our respective podcast tomorrow